This is episode 166, and I'm talking all about aligned marketing with Jade Francesca. Welcome to the Content Queen podcast. I'm your host, Mariah, entrepreneur, featured writer, and storyteller in the Best Holistic Life magazine and founder of Content Queen. I'm here to teach you how to share your unique story, create content and market your business with strategy through the channels that work for you. Each week, I'll deliver a story to help you connect to a powerful strategy around marketing, business, and content creation. I'll also be joined by amazing souls and entrepreneurs who are here to share their own journey along with actual steps to help you take your business to a whole new level through amazing storytelling, powerful aligned marketing and content strategy. Let's do it. Hello, gang. How are we all? I hope you're having a fabulous week so far. We're talking about a topic that I am very passionate about, and it was a term that I heard on Jade, the guest podcast, and I messaged her off the back of her email and said like, oh my God, I need you to come on the podcast and chitty chat with me about this because it is a very, very interesting topic and I'm very excited to chat about it. But before we do, I just want to talk about this sort of um, alignment and building an aligned, you know, marketing plan or content marketing plan. And that's something I'm very passionate about teaching in my workshop, which is every month. The new, the next one is March 30. But if you're listening to this anytime, there will be one towards the end of each month. There's a morning and a night Australian time, but depending on where we are in the world, there'll always be a morning and a night for someone and the time zones will always align to something, I'm sure. Otherwise, you know, you can catch the replay. But one thing I really want to stress in this workshop is building something that works for you and your business and not something that you've seen online that you should be doing. Yes, of course, we can get inspiration from what others are doing and trial them, but it is really about building something that works for you. And sometimes we don't know until we test and trial and measure and and see what that looks like. But it is really important to start thinking about our own aligned content marketing strategy and not just something that we've copied or, you know, of course, we can take these frameworks. And what I teach is around building this framework on having kind of like a core place where you show up and all of that but also it's about learning that right and if you come to the workshop I'll really give you that insight on learning how to find that for you and how to start building this content marketing strategy that will build connection and conversion so I'm very excited to share that make sure you join the link is in the bio um, and I'm really really passionate about creating these aligned strategies. And Jade is equally as passionate, if not more passionate. I loved talking with Jade. She had so much value to give. So let me introduce Jade and we will step into the show and then we can come back and chitty chat about the takeaways. Jade Francesca is the founder of Strategize with Creativity and an aligned marketing strategist who's here to help you market your business from a place of authenticity, integrity, and alignment. She guides heart-centered entrepreneurs along their marketing journey so they can become happy with their marketing and attract the right people to their business. Now that is exactly what we need in our lives. So let's chat with Jade and I'll come back and just talk about this term, aligned marketing. Welcome Jade to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Can you please tell everyone a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Of course. Thank you so much for having me here. So a bit bit of what I do is really about 
doing marketing from a place of alignment. And so what that means is when you do marketing, when it feels good. And so it doesn't just feel good for your audience, but it feels good for yourself because a lot of people um, that I've worked with really love their business. They really love their offers. They love working with people or they love selling products. But then when it comes to the marketing, they hate it. And so there's this disconnect because maybe they will hire someone else to do it and they don't want any part of it. They're just like, go do your thing. You're the expert. I don't want to look at it. And what happens is that even if you have an expert who's really good at doing marketing, it still won't have the brand voice as much. Um, it won't have the brand voice as much as if you were actually you know, involved in your marketing. And so it won't attract exactly the right people. And so you want to make sure that you are aligned with your marketing and you are a part of your marketing, even if you're outsourcing it, you're still overlooking what's happening so that you can make sure that the proper values are out there, the proper uh, brand message are out there and that you can actually you know, get the right people to work with you. Because if we're doing a business and we're not working with the right people, we're not attracting the right people, either two things can happen. Either we it's not sustainable and we will not convert. And so we will not make sales. And so then our business is just not going to work in the long run, or it will work because it will still attract people, even if it's not the right people. And then we eventually probably burn out or it's just going to not. So, you know, both ways are just not sustainable. And so that's why in your marketing, it's so important that it is aligned with who you are and what you sell and the values that you want to put out there with uh, your business, especially if you're a service provider, because you're going to be working one-on-one one -on -one with people or with a small group. So you really want to make sure that it is aligned and it really shows who you are in your marketing. And that's what my business is all about. It's to how people really reconnect with their why, reconnect with their message and show all of that in their marketing. Because oftentimes when we look at our marketing, we think it's something super separate from what we're doing. But at the end of the day, one of the best marketing messages that I've heard was when people were just talking about what they love. They talk about why they love their business. They talk about why they started it. And I'm listening to it. And even if I don't need what they're selling, I want it because I can see that authenticity. I can see that alignment and I can see that passion. And that makes me want to buy, even if it's not for me. Whereas I had people come in my inbox and just be so salesy and just, they're only here to sell. They don't care about who I am. And even if it was something that I actually needed, I didn't not feel that pull. I did not feel attracted to that message because it was all about the product, all about the service. And it was not about who was actually selling it and what was the purpose of it all. And so for me, that's something that I really want to help people achieve, whether it's, you know, by themselves or if they want to outsource their, um, their marketing to someone else, they're still involved in some type of way to make sure that it really is aligned with who they are, because that is the best way to have a sustainable business. Mm, wow. I love that. It's, and I can hear your passion in this, which is absolutely incredible. And I could not agree more with you. And I know we're going to dive into that today. And it just, that's what, as soon as I heard your first podcast episode, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, we are on the same wavelength. Let's chat because totally, totally agree. So I'm, I'm really keen to hear about your story then and how you got into aligned marketing and, and where you got to where you are today. Like what happened? Tell us the story. So my story was not very linear. So I did not do a degree or anything in terms of marketing. I was actually doing um, my second degree in psychology. I was, and not, not business psychology or sales psychology. Like I was going to be a child therapist. Like that was my, my path and that was where I was going. And that was my plan for a very long time, but you know, it did not feel aligned and it was not something that I really took the time to ask myself because I was just going through the motions and not really 
you know, asking myself, do I really want this? You know, like it was like kind of the path was there for me and I was just going through it. But then the pandemic happened and that destroys like so many different things for so many people. And I mean, at the time, school was very strange in the first few months. And, you know, that kind of forced me to take the time to wonder, do I want this? And then I realized that as much as I would have loved to, you know, help children, I realized that this path was not for me as the way I thought it would be. Um, I, I mean, I knew this, you know, deep down I knew, but it's when you're going through the motions and you're not asking yourself anything, you're just kind of going through it and you're not like, you're not asking yourself, why am I so miserable, <laughs> right? And you're just like, well, because school is not fun. But when I would look at everyone else, everyone was having fun except me. So I knew something had to change, but I didn't know where I was going. And all of my background was in psychology. And so the reason why I stumbled into business in the first place was because I wanted to work from home. I mean, it was still the middle of the pandemic. I did not really want to go outside much. And I just wanted to do something that was a bit more laid back and really work for myself. You know, I wanted to freelance. I wanted to have, you know, more power and more control and more freedom into what I was doing. And so at first I started out as a VA because that's one of the number one thing you will see when it's like, oh, you want to, you have some skills into like doing admin work, become a VA. And I did have some experience in that with um, admin, but in person. So I thought I would just use those skills. But when I started working with people, what they wanted was help with marketing. They wanted help with social media, with graphic design, with copywriting, um, with website design, and you know all of those different things that have to do with marketing. And to me, that was super fascinating because I love learning new things and it was something completely different from what I had done. And it was very refreshing because I had been in the world of academics for so, so long and I was bored of it. I was like, I do not wanna hear one other thing about psychology. I'm done with psychology. Um, and I was just, I really wanted to take a major break from that. So that was such a big difference for me to actually, you know, do graphic design and, you know, look at social media and learn how to do that. And I, it kind of reignited my passion for learning because after being eight years in university, I thought I hated learning. I thought it was like the worst thing in the world and I didn't never wanted to learn anything again. But then I realized it was just the format was just not good and it was not self-paced. It was not, it was very, um, you know, you're kind of in some sort of strange prison almost when you're in school. Whereas now I could learn at my own pace. I could learn whenever I wanted. Um, it's 3 a.m. and I can't sleep. No problem. I can go and I can take an e-course online and there's no issue, right? Um, I don't need to go anywhere. Uh, and it was it was much more fun to do that. And I learned so many things so quickly. And I learned that a lot of people really needed the help with marketing because a lot of my clients were telling me the exact same thing. They didn't want to do marketing. They're like, I don't want to look at it. It's salesy. Um, I don't feel good about it. I feel uncomfortable. And they just didn't want to look at it. And then I would talk um, with them and I would be like, why is it so uncomfortable? And then they would explain tactics that were told to them or that were shown to them. And it was tactics that were just manipulative, that didn't feel good. And I was like, well, no wonder you don't want to do your marketing. I wouldn't want to market myself like this either. And so that's where um, the idea came to me to do marketing in a more authentic way. And the word aligned actually came from a life coach who was doing a festival, online virtual festival about being happy and aligned in your life. And to me, that spoke to me really, really deeply. And, you know, I was like, you know what, why are we not aligned with our marketing? Because a lot of people, they will be aligned in their life or they will aim to be, they will be aligned in their business. And, you know, they will think about putting offers out there that are aligned with them. But then when it comes to the marketing, I hadn't seen that word associated with marketing thus far. And I was like, it needs to be. 
it needs to be aligned with who we are and aligned with also who we want to be right if you know if we have a business and we have a plan for it i mean most people have a, a plan or a vision at the very least of what they want their business to be it needs to be aligned with that vision because it is so 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 important to put that out there to attract the right people and so for me that's where it all really started it started just just wanting to you know help um some people online and wanting to help some business owners and that's how i found what i wanted to really do because at first i mean I thought I was going to do admin work, but as it turns out, I do not like doing admin work. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to really do this, but like it turned out well because um, 90% of my clients only wanted help with marketing. Um, they just didn't know who to ask. And so when someone who has a business um, online don't doesn't know who to ask, they will turn to a VA most often than not um, because VAs can do so many different things. So it's the kind of go-to person um, as I've understood it thus far. And so for me, that was really a big wake-up call to there's people who want to do it differently because I thought that everyone wanted to do it the salesy, manipulative way because that's what you see when you see like, you know, those commercials um, or when you think at big corporations, I mean, most of them lie to us and it's kind of accepted that they will lie to us. But when it comes to small businesses, so many of us want to be authentic. So many of us want to be honest and, you know, sell with integrity. So to me, it was, it kind of gave me hope <laughs> in business and businesses. And I, it was, I was very happy to see that a lot of people wanted to actually market from a place of alignment. And so that's how this whole thing started. Mm, wow. I love it. What a journey. And I imagine the stuff that you learned in psychology has also helped because, you know, there's so many things about how we operate and that word alignment, I guess, works really well with what you studied as and, and trying to get into a place where we love what we do. And I love what you say about finding marketing um, techniques or frameworks that work for us because you have people going, if you're not doing this, your business is going to fail and you have to show up every day or you have to do X amount of videos. And some people are like, that doesn't work for me. I had an amazing um, chat uh, on my podcast a few months ago um, with an entrepreneur who didn't like social media. So she left and her business boomed because she was doing what was aligned to her. So I absolutely love this. I'd love to dive in more and talk about aligned marketing so what does it look like in your business? I know, um, you know, you have a podcast, you've got different uh, content marketing activities, but as a whole uh, marketing, you know, in the, in the marketing terms of things, what does that look like your aligned marketing journey? I'd love to hear yours before we dive into some tips to help everyone else with their aligned marketing. So for me, I started out like most people online, which is to follow a lot of guru advice <laughs> and to try out a bunch of different things. Because I mean, if you're just starting out and you probably won't feel super confident about what you're doing. So of course you will turn to experts and uh, the experts that you will see will be, you know, the very popular people on Instagram or on TikTok. And they would say pretty similar things in terms of their message, which is you need to do X, Y, Z, otherwise you will fail, right? Like you were saying, it's uh, it, it's pretty much the big message and then the X, Y, Z will change. So it will be either email marketing or social media or TikTok or um, your SEO or in website. And at the end of the day, all of those are amazing strategies, but it doesn't mean that you need to do all of them at the same time. And I mean, I would argue that you shouldn't unless you have a team to help you do that. Um, but it's not true that, let's say, if you don't have a website, then you will never succeed. It is not true to say that if you're not on TikTok, then you will never succeed. Like those things are ridiculous 
to hear to say and I believed it at first because I was I didn't know a lot of things and I was like well they're experts they're super popular they must know better but it was not true and that took a lot of trial and error for me to find out that a lot of the things that were out there were not the greatest advice and I know that a lot of people a lot of gurus out there what they say is what they know, right? So if someone has been very popular on TikTok and their business has boomed because of it, they will say that TikTok is the best place. And for them, that was true. And it is also true that TikTok will be the best place for a lot of people. Does it mean it is the best place for everyone? No. So that's why for me at first, it was a big, big and long journey of just kind of burning myself out, trying a bunch of different things because everyone was said, okay, you need to go live. You need to do reels. You need to have a website. You need to do blogs. You need to do this and so on and so forth. And for me, it was very hard to do all of these things at once as a solopreneur, of course. And also because doing video content was pretty hard for me. It is still hard to this day. And I need to be careful about how often I want to show up on camera because it will drain me. And it's, it's just, I wish it was different, but I need to honor myself and honor um, my strengths and my weaknesses. And I am not the best on camera. I get very nervous. I get, I will start watching myself and just, I become inauthentic without realizing because I'm so self-conscious about how I look. And that's how I actually started my podcast, because at first I was doing I was doing lives. I was going live every week because I was told I needed to do that. And I found out that I do like talking about marketing. I do like really, you know, being verbal about it. And because I can say more information that way more quickly than if I type it, although I really love uh, writing and that will always be my favorite way to communicate. But I also liked talking about it. But I really didn't like the fact that it was live. And if I would go back and look at my videos, I felt really bad about it. I would see all of the mistakes in it. And I would just kind of really self-deprecate um, myself. Like it was just, it was just not great. And I didn't want to stop talking about marketing, but I also didn't want to do lives anymore. And so the solution was podcasts because I mean, there are people who do podcasts um, that are also visual. So they put it on YouTube. But for me, I was like, no, no, no. I will go just with the audio and I won't have to worry about how I look. Of course, I can still worry about how I sound sometimes, but that, that for me, that is not as big of a concern and it wasn't as well. So for me, it was so much more aligned to shift to podcasts. And that was the biggest aligned shift I made because I was so miserable doing lives. At first, I was nervous. And then as I came to realize that I shouldn't be so scared of it because it's not that scary once you actually do it, um, I realized that, okay, I'm not afraid of it anymore, but I don't like it. Because that's one of the things that is very hard to realize as you're going through your um, marketing journey what are you afraid of and what do you actually not like and what is actually not aligned? Because it's hard to differentiate between um, the two because you might be afraid of something, but it's super aligned. And so you still have to go through it, right? However, there are some things that it's not aligned. And so you shouldn't push yourself to do something like that. And that was it for me when it came to reels um, and and lives as well it was just it was video content was just not the best for me and so when I shifted to podcasts it really really helped to create content more efficiently to create content and having fun with it um 
I really, really like going through my episodes. I don't cringe so much <laughs> when I listen to myself. Whereas when I would have to watch myself, I was like, no, I don't want to watch it. Um, I probably have some self-love work to do. But, you know, at this point in time, that was what was most aligned for me. And that's what I do in my business all of the time. I always question, how do I feel about a specific strategy, method, or tactic that I'm using at the moment? And I have to ask myself that because otherwise I will just go through the motions and I will not be asking myself, and then three months later, I'm burned out. Why? Because I didn't spend the time to ask myself how I feel about this. Because there's nothing wrong with starting something and realizing this is not for you. Because oftentimes we will feel guilty if we stop something because we're like, oh, well, like I, I want to see it through. Um, I said I would commit to this. Um, even if you hate it and you just kind of push yourself, push yourself. But for what? In business, we do not have that time and energy to spend it doing things that are not efficient for ourselves and our businesses. So that's what I do. Whenever I start something new, I really, of course, I will want to see it through. But if I realize halfway that it's just not working and it makes no sense for my business, I give myself the space to take a pause on it and just do something else. And then I realize maybe I was wrong. My initial assessment was that I was just too exhausted that week and I can start again. Or sometimes I will realize like, no, to take a break was the right decision and I want to step away from that strategy. So that's how it looks like um, within my business to really take that time to self-assess and really ask myself, how do I feel about this? Is this something that is working for me? And of course, you want to make sure when you you know, ask yourself those questions that you are truly honest with yourself. This is not always easy. Um, I mean, there are times when you will be consciously honest, <laughs> but your subconscious <laughs> is thinking other things. Um, and that's and completely different topic, but you do want to give yourself the space to really feel what you're feeling because oftentimes, especially, you know, in the world that we live in, we do not give ourselves the time to feel anything. I mean, I remember so often in my life and even still to this day, sometimes I will have the talk like, oh, I don't have time to be sad about this today. I have this to do and I have this task and I have a to-do list that's like never ending. I don't have time to cry about this. I don't have time to be angry about that. And when you put yourself in that position, what happens is that those emotions will stay and they will just kind of stay within you. And if you don't take the time to feel them, to assess them, to go through those emotions when it comes to your life and your marketing as well, I want when you will just burn out or something potentially worse. <laughs> so you don't want that. And so it's important to really take the time to ask yourself how you feel and just, it's okay to shift. Sometimes you need a new strategy altogether, but sometimes it's just a tiny shift. Um, when it came to uh, my social media, I noticed that the small shift I needed to make was to put more emojis and that's it. And it made a huge difference. And I mean, at first I was like, I don't want to put emojis because I don't want them to distract from what I'm saying. But then I realized that when I put emojis, it's easier to understand it. So I was like, oh, why didn't I do that sooner? <laughs> but I wouldn't have known because at first I was like, I want to be super serious. I want my stuff to be taken super seriously. So I won't put emojis. But, you know, with time, I realized that when I can put emojis, I mean, sometimes there's no emoji that makes sense. But if there is an emoji that makes sense, I like to put it now because it adds more emotion to it. It adds more color to it. Um, and I really like colors. I really like when it's more colorful and more alive. So to me, that was such a tiny shift and it made such a big difference in my written content. And so sometimes that's all that's all you need, right? Um, so it's about when you ask yourself those questions and you take the time to really assess how you feel and how something is going. And and by that I mean not not looking at the metrics. Just how do you feel about it? The metrics is another aspect, but you want to make sure that you really are taking that time to 
ask yourself really, is this working or not? And I mean, sometimes you do need to take more time to know if something is working or not, but sometimes you have that gut feeling, like intuitively, you know, this is not working and that's what you want to be listening to. And so that's what I do in my business. And what I, that's what I advise all of my clients to do as well, to really listen to themselves because our gut feelings are hardly ever wrong. And so we need to really do take that time to listen to it. Otherwise we will have to listen to it eventually, but maybe in a few months, maybe in a year, maybe in two years. And then we'll be like, oh my God, why didn't I listen to myself like all those times ago? And I mean, how often does that happen to us? And so it's, it's important to really listen to ourselves. Hmm. Wow, Jay, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing because I I know there's so many people listening that would have felt that before being gone down a path that they're like, this is just not for me and what, yeah, and, but pushing themselves. And I love what you say when, when you decide to try something new, you know, there's never, whilst yes, we want to be consistent with things. There's no point being consistent with something that people can sense that you don't enjoy like that energy, people will feel that and they'll feel that you don't like that and and you're not being yourself. So it's not going to work. So there's definitely that balance between learning, okay, is it because I'm uncomfortable or is it because I actually don't like it? And asking ourselves those tough questions is really challenging, especially when you have the ego as well going like, you can't give up on this. You've been told that this is going to work for you. And I use this analogy all the time. Like I could give you my cake recipe and you could make that cake and have a completely different flavor because you cooked it differently to I did like, and, and, you know, that this exact same thing as when we're given, that's why I don't really like the term formula, you know, like use this formula. This is the secret to um, success in your marketing or whatever, because we're going to have a different outcome. We have different audiences. We have different personalities we have different messages. Like it's not, and and especially when people get on and talk about you have to be on Instagram Reels, but they teach Instagram Reels. So that's why they get success on Instagram Reels, which was something I found was happening a lot last year. It's like, of course you got that success. You teach Reels and people are going to Reels to learn about Reels. So like when I teach about something different, I'm going to have a different outcome. And I'm not going to get hundreds of thousands of followers because I don't teach, use this sound or do this. So like, you know, it's it's very interesting how people can say do this and it will work for you, but there's there's no guarantees. Like we we will have a different recipe, a different outcome. Like everything is different. And that's what I love why you talk about this aligned marketing because if we don't find those things, we're just going to be on that hamster wheel the whole time. But of course, it takes time. I read this really interesting book about startups getting traction. And they talked about trialing different things for a period of time to see whether it works. And it was more from like a results perspective, but like, I imagine doing it the same for like an alignment perspective and being like, okay, I'm going to trial this for a couple of months. And if it's not aligned to me, I'm just, I'm going to lose emotional attachment to it and just let go of it. So I love that. And I think like it holds, it's less pressure because you're not in it. Like, okay, I have to be in it forever. That's it. I'm done. Like I'm an Aries. So like, I don't give up easy. So it's very hard for me to admit defeat um so I absolutely loved you sharing your story and being very open and honest with some things like especially around video I know so many others that are exactly the same they're like I just I don't want to do it so I'm going to try something else and you're going to have more success from doing the things that you love versus doing the things that you don't love and then of course like you know if you ever want to outsource video what does that look like from a different perspective and someone else can do it but it needs to be able to, you need to work out what works for you and in alignment with your messaging before you can outsource that also. Because if you don't know, 
someone else is just going to do something different and it's not going to align with you and your business. So I absolutely love that. So I definitely want to go through, you've shared so much around aligned marketing that I'm sure everyone's an expert now, ready to like question themselves, but let's go through some questions to sort of um, put people in this position and share how they can do it themselves. So I guess what actions make up aligned marketing? So, you know, I know you mentioned questions asking yourself, but is there sort of like a a process or something that you follow that helps you sort of go towards that aligned marketing? Or is it just that sort of really stepping into that uh, intuition and sort of being guided by how you feel? So I'm someone who likes freedom and order simultaneously, which is contradictory, but it is like that. Um, and so I I will go sometimes in a place where I will just follow my intuition and it's more spontaneous. Um, but there are other times where I do need those processes down. Uh, I'm like you, I don't like the term formula because like you said, all our businesses are different. So even if we're copy pasting the same strategy, it's not even going to look the same because of the business, because we're doing different things. We have um, different messaging and different branding, different values, different everything. Even if you have two people in the same niche and they do similar things, it will still be absolutely different. And so that being said, I do have a very like clear and one, two, three process when it comes to wanting to do um, more aligned marketing assets, which is the number one is of course, you ask yourself questions. And there, I have three favorite questions to ask which is, which is something you can always ask yourself. And the first one is, what are you procrastinating? Because if you're procrastinating something, there is a block here. And by procrastinating, I really mean like you are deciding not to do the task. You know, if you're too busy to do it, that can be a different story. Maybe you have another job or you have something else and you're la- like, you're, you don't have enough time and that's something else. But let's say like you have your business and that's what you're doing and you're avoiding a particular task over and over and you're choosing other things to do instead of that task that is like pure procrastination what are you procrastinating in your marketing because there will be always something or multiple things you are procrastinating and that tells you something it tells you that maybe it's just not aligned with you and you need to disregard the strategy and start something new it tells you maybe you need to learn more about this strategy or this method so that you can feel more comfortable doing it it can tell you that Maybe you need to do a shift in it because there's something not sitting right, but it is telling you something and you need to go look into that. Because for me, the number one thing I procrastinate showing up live. <laughs> and that was telling me, I don't want to do this. Same for reels. I was procrastinating my reels like nothing else. And I'm someone who really likes to be productive. I need to plan my days all the time. And of course I give myself the freedom to like work through that plan, but I do need to plan it. Even my days off, I need to plan my days off. Otherwise I will just sit and do nothing. So I would really plan all of those things and I would record the reels and I would like research how to edit them, research all all to do the things. The reels would be ready and I would procrastinate putting them live. And so to me, that was telling something, something is not working. Something is just not working with this strategy. And I need to look into it because that was number one thing I was procrastinating. And then I learned that I just hate the reels that I'm doing because it's not me. The way that I was filming them was not me. And when I tried to film them in a way that is me, I talk too much. It's not like I can't cut myself after one minute. I think they're a bit longer now. Um, I'm not sure. It depends, I think, on the, the Instagram. But at the time, it was 30 seconds or a minute. and so. I mean, I couldn't, I had too much to say. I was like, I don't know how to like limit something to one minute because talking reels was something I would be comfortable doing. But again, 
I didn't know when to cut myself. And then I would be in the middle of talking. And then the reel would just kind of make that noise because they're like, there's only three seconds left. And then I would just kind of retake the reel all that. And I was like, okay, it's not working. Um, so I decided to just, until I can talk, I guess, for 10 minutes, <laughs> um, I'm going to just step away from reels and just reassess later. And then I stopped procrastinating stuff like that, right? Because I decided this was just not working for me. Same with the lives. I was procrastinating it. I was not showing up live anymore, even though I said I was doing it. And I felt super guilty about it until I was like, you know what? I'm going and I'm going to do podcasts now. So that was a shift I did. So that's the number one question you want to be asking yourself. What are you procrastinating? Because that tells you a lot of information. The second thing you want to be asking yourself is what, in, what is a should you want removed? Because we have so many shoulds in our lives. So we have shoulds in marketing as well. I need, I should do that. I should do that. I need to do that. And this needs to be done. What is one you want to remove? There might be multiples, but you want to choose one to remove and just to actually remove it and commit to removing it. And maybe it should, it, it'd be like, I should um, post every week on my blog. And, you know, maybe you've tried doing that because a lot of, a lot of people will tell you that it's very beneficial to post weekly on your blog. And that is true. But if you're burning out, it's not going to work long-term. And then what's going to happen is that you will be posting weekly for maybe two, three months, and then you're going to drop the ball completely. And then what's happening then with your strategy. Whereas maybe what you need to do is to post every two weeks, and then you can do that for a whole year, maybe even longer. And then once you get more traction, maybe um, you can outsource another blog post. So someone else writes it. So then, or you can do guest blog posts, you know, like you can add on those blog posts, but maybe what you need to do is to just remove that should that it needs to really be done every week. And then just gives yourself the space to really love what you're doing because I mean blog posts for me are really fun to write but if I pressure myself to write them I mean I hate doing it and I'm like how dare I <laughs> like do this to myself because it's just I take away all the joy in it right so what is one should you want to be removed and just you just removed it so those two questions are really about um making shifts about the negatives so my last question I really like to ask myself and ask my audience is what type of content do you like creating the most and how can you amplify that? How can you add more of it? So how can you add more of the positive? Because there will be one type of content that you prefer. If in everything you've done, you've hated from beginning to end, that means you need to start something completely new. But oftentimes there will be one thing that you've preferred doing um, and it would be about doing more of that doing more of that and building a strategy around it and go all in because oftentimes we like to be everywhere because we think if we're everywhere, we'll be seen more. Unfortunately, that is not true because if we're spreading all our energy everywhere, we're not as committed to all of them. And so unless you have a team, of course, if you have a team, you have someone who is doing your Pinterest, someone who's in your Instagram, someone who's doing your Facebook and you're on LinkedIn full time, then that works. But oftentimes we don't have that big of a team or we are doing it by ourselves or maybe we have a VA. And so what happens is that we're the ones who are kind of splitting our time between all of those different platforms, all of those different strategies. And so that means you can't be fully committed to one and really making sure that this is working for you. Because if you have a marketing strategy that you don't know if it's working or not, and you're spreading it all across these platform and you're doing a bunch of different other things, but you don't know if it's working or not, and it's not converting, you don't know where it's failing. You need to commit to one thing. Maybe your favorite platform is Facebook. Commit to Facebook for two to three months. Just do Facebook. Don't even look at the other ones. And you know what's cool with doing that? After you're done with your experiment with Facebook or Instagram or any other place, let's say, 
what's really cool is you have a bank of content now. So you can be super consistent across the other platforms, which is like a little tiny, like secret formula. I mean, I don't like the secret formula, but that's my secret formula. When you you just accumulate all of the, the knowledge and the expertise and all of the, the different content pieces that you have on one platform, and then you start a new one, you have so much and then you just schedule it and it's done, right? And so that's really cool about committing to one platform because you will see what works, what doesn't. Of course, what works on one platform is not necessarily what's going to be working on the other platform. But let's say you um, you have a business and you selected five content pillars and you notice that, let's say on Facebook, three of them are working super well and the two others seem to have little to no interest. You know that when you're moving to another platform, you probably should start with the three ones that are super popular because, I mean, maybe you'll find that it's the two ones that are not popular on Facebook that are popular. We don't know. But I mean, you can start with those and see what happens. And you have a better idea because you're fully committed to checking how it's going to work on Facebook. Because oftentimes what I see in a lot of people in my audience is that they will be everywhere, right? And then um, because they want to be everywhere, they will be posting maybe once or twice a week on every platform. But if they take all of the time to do once a day on one platform, they can see results from their strategy much more effectively than trying to be all of those places. If you're only in one platform and you know, like you only have the time to post once or twice a week, that's also fine. But you know, like you want to make sure that you're putting all your efforts into really one place at first to really see how is your strategy working. And once you have a very solid strategy, it is working, it is converting, it is really bringing the right people to your business. That's when you want to duplicate it for other platforms or other um, types of marketing. So that's really my three like questions that you want to be asking yourself like on repeat, because you will see that those answers will change. With time, you will see that there are pieces of content that you create, you like creating more now and that you maybe didn't like it as much as first or vice versa. You will see like, you know what? Like I'm tired of writing blogs. Like I don't want to do it anymore, but I don't want to stop it either. So maybe you want to delegate it or maybe you want to create outlines and have someone else write it for you or you want to do something else like that and then you want to start social media or vice versa. Maybe you're like tired of social media. I get that in my inbox so often. People will be like, I'm so tired of social media. They're like, I'm so tired of always like having to chase people, having to like always talk to people, having to always network. And I mean, it's oftentimes it's um, introvert people who try to be extroverted and that does not work. So I'm like, take a step back. What do you like doing? What they like doing is to go on podcasts and to write blogs. And I'm like, then do that because those two things are very, very important. And it creates so much content that then you can use for social media. And then you don't have to worry about anything social media wise. I use my blog posts for my social media, I just break it apart in a bunch of different posts. And then I just post it because I know that the people that are going to be preferring to consume content on Facebook, they're not going to want to go on my website to read a gigantic piece of like blog. They want that information kind of in small little pieces. So I cut up my blog posts in small little pieces and that's how they get it. So that's why you really want to be looking at what you like doing and just do more of that because it's going to be so much easier. I mean, I can create a long Facebook or LinkedIn written posts in maybe 15 minutes, whereas a 30 second reel will take me an hour. So that's mm. just, kind of a, it's kind of, and and I mean, with a 30 second reel, it was like, you know, those trending reels, they're entertaining, but in terms of value, I'm putting way more value into a big written post than a 30 second reel where I'm just pointing at things. So that's why for me, I was like, okay, like everyone says I should be on video on reels. And I'm like, I know that video is very big right now and it's probably gonna get bigger and bigger with time. 
but you know what maybe by then I'll have figured something out that works for me right now I want to focus on what works and what works for me is especially written content so I go and I write and that works so you want to be really focusing on that piece of content that you like creating and just create more of that Mm, I love that it's just such good advice because yeah, we can just be showing up on channels that we're just not enjoying creating content. And it's so interesting what you say, like 30 second reel can take you an hour, but like a blog or a long form piece of content is just like really quick and easy for you. I feel the same um, writing. I just actually put a post up on social media, on my own personal social media about how I wrote a book in 30 days. It was like 83,000 words. So now I can write a thousand word blog in like a ridiculous amount of time if I know the topic. And it's like, because that's my strength. That's my superpower. And I actually have a quiz that people can take to find out their channel. And of course I get long form content, written content, and I'm sure you'll get the same. And like the amount of people that reply to that when they get the result was like, of course I got this. Like it's, it's so clear, like, you know, and, and it's questions based off the person, what they like doing. And that's what I'm really passionate about too, because yes, we want to be where our audience is, but Nine times out of 10, our audience is pretty much on any platform, unless we have a very super niche business, like we can guarantee that our audience is spread across multiple different channels. Like it's, it's, you know, you could show up on Instagram and TikTok and your audience is there, you know, and I think that's really important. And also like what you say, like what I love when my clients have like a podcast or a blog and they do the podcast and I'm like, oh, thank you. Because I can just like, take that and run with it. And when you do outsource, if you do a podcast or a blog and the channel that you love or a long form video, if you love video, then you like, just give that to some, cause that's your voice. That's your content and they can take it and run with it. Like I have a client where we do a lot of repurposing her TikToks um, and her podcast because they're her like key core channels that she loves to show up on. And now we're like her Google ads guy just messaged her and said, YouTube shorts for you is working out well. And all she did was show up on TikTok and we take it and we repurpose it out and she doesn't even have to look at it. And she's now like getting really good results on Google and YouTube because we're taking her TikToks and putting them somewhere else, putting them onto Pinterest. And that's where it's amazing to outsource that kind of stuff to a content marketer or a marketer. They can like take that and strategically use it in the platforms that they need to. So I love that. I think definitely like finding our channel is so powerful and important and like finding what we love to do and then getting help with the rest or not even thinking about it for now. I think it's crazy to, when I first started, I was literally on every channel. Like I had a Twitter. I don't even like, I didn't even use Twitter. And that's why I think it's really important to you, like channels that you love to show up on yourself or like consume content on will most likely be the channels that you love to create on because like you love being there. And like, if you never liked Instagram before, and yes, of course, like I know some of my clients that have never used Instagram before because it's a generational thing and it's just not where they spent their time and they're learning still. They're in that phase of, okay, what what's happening? Is this for me? And I think like we can go by our feelings and then also the data helps as well. So it's like complementing the two to kind of make something super unique and aligned to you. So I loved what you shared. Those questions are so super helpful. And I know I'm definitely going to be using them because there is just times where we feel like we're just like going through the motions and just doing the things. Cause like, and I love writing. I love podcasting. Like these are my things. And I think from there you can just create so much when you love it. And you, and I love, you know, your repurposing um, formula 
um, or process, let's call it a process um, of, you know, showing up on a channel and then absolutely, you know, killing it, loving it and then repurposing it. And also another thing, like what I found and I did a podcast on why it's never too late to start. There's people still getting traction on Facebook and Facebook's dead. Like Facebook's meant to be dead, right? Like, no, people that just show up on it really like it and like do a really good job of it because they enjoy it. So I think that's like super helpful. And I guess like one of the things that, you know, I wanted to ask you before we sort of wrap up because you've given so much value, like, oh my God, this has been amazing. Like I've just, I love how you teach aligned marketing and it's very aligned to me. And of course, I always say like every podcast guest I get on, ends up like I send questions. I sort of know what they're about. I mean, I listen to your podcast, so I know, but then you get them on, you're like, oh my God, of course, we're so aligned. Like, of course we are. Like, this is exactly what I would want my audience to hear. So, you know, we talk about aligned marketing from ourselves and I guess there's like aligned marketing as well for our audience too. And, you know, you say there's all these techniques to manipulate people into doing things. And I had a podcast episode on bro marketing, which was something I didn't know. Like, this being like very buy my thing, you have only a limited time. And that's so inauthentic to a lot of people. So, you know, when you say, um, you know, to manipulate, manipulative marketing is out and aligned marketing is in, what does this mean for you? What does this look like? So that was um, my favorite title. Um, Manipulative marketing is out um, because, I mean, it should be out. I know that a lot of people still utilize it. Um, however, what I've noticed is a lot of the people, most of the people who utilize it, they utilize it not knowing what they're actually doing. Um, what I mean by that is that they will have bro marketers, like you said, or gurus or experts telling them to do this, or they will outsource it to someone else. And then they don't even know it's part of their marketing because there were a lot of people that I connected with who I was looking at their offers and it's very people centered. It's very heart centered. And it was such, you know, the message was so good and, you know, full of integrity. And then I would look at their marketing and their funnels and I would be like, what is happening here? Why are you forcing me to click on a button that says, no, I don't want to be happy because I don't want to buy your product. You know what I mean? I was be, I was like, this is not working out here. Something There's a disconnect. And I would talk to them and they would be like, oh my God, I didn't even notice this was there. And that's often what happens if um, we are disconnected from our marketing and we don't look at it because if we outsource it and then we never look at it afterwards, there are things like that that can happen because unfortunately, a lot of people in marketing are being taught to manipulate people. I remember um, my ex was doing marketing and business as a degree. And he was talking a lot about, you know, what he was studying. Um, and I was horrified by the stuff he was studying. I mean, it was essentially how to convince people who don't need your product to buy it. And I was like, why waste, why are we wasting our time trying to convince people who don't need our stuff to buy it instead of trying to put in our energy into showing it to the people who actually do need it, you know, instead of trying to convince people who don't need, like, to me, I was like, that makes no sense. What is this project? What that, like, I was looking at it and I was like, Ugh, I don't want to come near this ever. Um, and so unfortunately that's what they're being taught in school. That's what they're being shown. Um, and it's, it's just not good. And people, sometimes they don't fully know how bad it is because sometimes it's just tiny things here and there. You know, it's like those little buttons in a funnel that says, no, I don't want to be happy. Take me back to my product or take me back to my lead magnet, take me back to my freebie or whatever you're downloading. It's all of those weird things and little tactics that people will put um, in their marketing that just really don't feel good for an audience. And it oftentimes doesn't feel good for the person who's selling it either. So I'm like, what is the point of this? Yes, maybe people will buy more, 
because I'm assuming that short term, it does work because otherwise no one would be doing it. So I'm assuming that the fear of missing out or scarcity or, you know, like any type of fear um, kind of really motivates people to buy it because they're like, oh my God, like I need to buy it now. Otherwise it will go out. And then they just kind of make that quick judgment without thinking, do I actually need this product or the service? And then they buy it. Um, so I'm assuming short term, it does work. However, long term, that's not a sustainable strategy because everyone out there, whether you're a buyer or a seller, you have bought something at one point in your life that you did not need, but you bought it because of fear of missing out or because you were afraid of something and you bought out of fear. And that's not a great way to buy. Because for me, if someone is buying my stuff, I want them to buy out of excitement because otherwise they will not follow through with the stuff. They will not go through the product I sold them. They will not go through the service. They will not be excited about it. They don't want, they will not want to be doing it because they bought out of fear. And so I bought things out of fear that I never looked at courses um, and other stuff that I just, I have not opened it. And it's been months, years sometimes because mm. I just didn't feel good about it. If I bought something out of fear, I did not feel good about it. And so I will want to avoid it. <laughs> so what happens is that I feel shitty about it and I've spent money and I feel even more guilty because I'm like, oh my God, this is money I could have spent on something I actually need for my business and for myself. But then will I buy again from that person? No. Because I did not get the results they promised because, I mean, first of all, I didn't even go through the thing because it was not for me. Because when I will look at it and like, I'm not afraid anymore and, you know, like my kind of heightened emotion is kind of down and I would look at my purchase and I would be like, I don't even need this. I don't need this. This is not for me right now or maybe ever. And so will I buy again? No, I won't buy again. And so that means that maybe, you know, in the future, I would have been ready. You know, I would have been someone who was the ideal client, but do I trust that business now? No, because they made me buy out of fear. And of course we are in control of our decisions, but that being said, people will still manipulate others and that's true in and out of marketing. And so it's just not a tactic that works because I mean, for me aside, like integrity aside, because of course for me, like I would feel so awful inside <laughs> if I did that, but I guess some people don't feel awful about it, but the people who don't feel awful about it and they're okay with lying in their marketing, from an economic, like very logical standpoint, it is not sustainable because long-term more and more people will hate your business. And unless your business is like an essential thing that, and you have this one thing and it's like a patent and no one else can have it, like insulin, for instance, people will not buy from you, right? They won't want to buy from you. And like, even if they do, they will hate that they buy from you. Every time that I buy from Walmart, I hate myself a little more. <laughs> but they have the thing that I need and I can't find it elsewhere unless I want to pay like $200 for something that they sell for 30. Right. Uh, but otherwise, every time I'm like, I don't want to support Walmart. I know what they do. I know they're not good. Like I want to support like small local businesses or like small businesses online. Like that's who I want to support. That's who I believe in. But then it's like, they don't deliver here because I'm in Canada <laughs> and they don't deliver. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go with Walmart because Walmart delivers in Canada, you know? And it's like, and every time I just don't like it. So when I have the choice between a business that sells with integrity and one who doesn't, I'm always going to go with the one who sells with integrity because I'm actually proud of buying their product instead of feeling guilty or shitty or feel like I'm contributing to like something bad for the environment. Like, I don't like those feelings, you know, like I, if I buy from those places, it's out of absolute necessity. And that's just, that's also not sustainable because there will be, especially in like the digital market nowadays, so many people are creating businesses from their houses, right? And so many, there's so many choices now and so many more people are selling with integrity and those people like 
long-term will win over the people who are selling from a place of scarcity, a place of fear of missing out. Um, I mean, every time someone try to, tries to pressure me to buy anything through any of those tactics, I mean, I feel angry now. At first, I felt just afraid because I didn't know what was happening. I just kind of fell for, for those like kind of weird tactics. But I mean, now that I know about all what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think like this, this um, you know, aligned marketing between creating what we feel aligned and then also marketing our business from a place of, yeah, being true and being authentic and um, promising what we can actually deliver is amazing. So thank you, Jade, for sharing your value. Oh my gosh, so much amazing value to digest and for everyone to just take away you know, this, this uh, new term aligned marketing, which I absolutely love. So how can people find and connect you with you and learn more about aligned marketing? So the best place would be um, my website. Um, I feel like it would be easier if my business was called aligned marketing, but (laughs) I didn't want to own the term. You know what I mean? I want other people to use it. I want other people to become aligned marketing strategists like me. I want this term to be everywhere, kind of like authentic marketing, intuitive marketing. I want all of that to be kind of everywhere all at once, right? So my business name is actually Strategize with Creativity, which I um, I really love because, I mean, I'm a strategist, so the strategize comes from there, and um, I'm someone who values creativity first and foremost. So that's where you would find me at large would be no matter where strategize with creativity. Um, my website is literally just that strategize with creativity.com. Um, and then you would be able to learn more. There's a lot of content there and there will be more as well because I have started a blog, started a podcast. Of course, um, it is going a bit slower than expected because <laughs> I had tech issues and then I had to like redo like half of my website and I will not go into details about it, but it is like that with websites sometimes. Um, and my it would be the best place to find me because all of the information is there. Other than that, um, when it comes to social media, probably Instagram would be a great place to find me. That's where I post the most. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really where you will find me. Um, but my website, the best place to find me. We will put those links in the show notes, but thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for sharing your value. It's been absolutely amazing. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. I love that. And I loved this, you know, marketing term from aligned marketing being what you feel aligned to talking about, to creating, to doing, and then also aligning that to the audience and doing it with integrity and not manipulating our audience. And that was really um, a highlight of that episode. And if you want to learn more about ethics and marketing as well, I have a podcast on bro marketing. And I think it's a really good thing to learn more about and to just think about that in terms of your business. And it's not from a place of you're doing something wrong. It's just what we've seen and what we've taught. And we all make mistakes in terms of our marketing and you know, they're not really going to hurt anyone long-term, but just thinking about how you can make edits and changes in your marketing strategy to make it more aligned to you and then also your audience. But I would love to know what your key takeaways were. So make sure you come over to Instagram at Content Queen Mariah and tell me what you loved about this episode and this term aligned marketing and how it really sits with you and how you can take that and what that looks like for you and your business. But I loved hearing this concept. I loved talking to Jade about it because I am very passionate 
about aligned marketing and I'm very passionate about helping people find the right strategy for them through content. I mean, content isn't everyone's strategy either, but this is for the people that it is, right? So be a content queen or king and remember that developing your strategy and story develops your business. Thank you so much for joining me today and please don't forget to share this with all your business and entrepreneurial friends. You can do this by adding it to your Insta stories and tagging me at Content Queen Mariah or just simply tell her about it. If you rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, it'll help me get this message out there and help others with aligned marketing and bring on amazing guests like Jade to come and help us with this sort of stuff. Follow me on Instagram, connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me know if there's any topics you want me to talk about in the future. I'm all for that. I have some really awesome guests coming up around you know, marketing to niches, talking about storytelling and how to stand out above the rest. So make sure you stay tuned for those episodes and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.